What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boo Crew Media. We have a lot to talk about as the Saints are going to play the Packers on Friday night at Lambeau Field, the second preseason game for them. Another dress rehearsal. We'll see what's going on. We'll talk about Chris Olave, Trevor Penning, what to expect from the running back room, the tight end battle, all that. John and I will have it covered here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, you're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rosvogel, joined by John Hendricks, who does great work, not only for Boot Crew Media, but for Saints News Network. And this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And with the NFL season about to begin, you can get ready for the week one action with DraftKings Sportsbook because you can celebrate the return of football by betting just $5 on any game that's upcoming and you get $200 in free bets instantly. All you need to do is DraftKings, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BOOT to get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code BOOT only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Now, John, you've had the luxury of uh, being in Green Bay this week. I know you've done some really cool recaps at Lambeau Field and, and kind of covering the joint practices and, and how that's been. So before we get into... Um, you know, certain topics like Chris Olave and and uh, what the defense has been able to do. Just overall, if you were to pick one takeaway uh, that really wowed you over the last couple of days in Green Bay, what, what has that really been? Well, I think, uh, well, aside the obvious, the weather's been nice, but, you know, um, complete opposite of Louisiana. But the, the big thing I think is the defense is, has been, you know, is about as legit as you can about imagine, right? Um, and it's not just certain players. It's the whole team. It's the whole team vibing. It's the whole team gelling. You know, Cam Jordan looking dominant. Uh, Malcolm Roach starting to come on. That interior looks good. You know, you're starting to get a lot of healthy pieces back. Demario Davis doing his thing and just how much that he's relied on as far as a leader, Tyron Matthew coming along with Marcus May, still some work to do, but they said, but uh, obviously it's, it's moving in the right direction. And then Paulson Adebo, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, this defense, um, you know, Cam Jordan said it a few weeks ago, said, man, this could really be, I mean, they're a defense first team. And I honestly don't disagree there. I think they have the potential to, to be such a, a top unit in this league. I think it can carry them a long way. Um, and, and I think that's been kind of the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, this defense is legitimate. It's real. It's something that's going to carry this team a long way. Um, you know, without getting too much in spoilers, I picked them to go 11 and six. I think they could do better than that, uh, based off of how the defense does maybe a couple of question marks still here and there, but man, it's, uh, I think that's probably my big takeaway for this week so far. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I think for the Saints defense, we all kind of have high expectations for that unit, especially after what happened last year. And Dennis Allen gets promoted. You get to keep Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen uh, as co-defensive coordinators. I'm curious, though. You mentioned it, and, and you know, being someone who's got boots on the ground in Green Bay, being able to see it up close. When you see this defense against an Aaron Rodgers Packers team, that I, I know they're switching it up a little bit. Devontae Adams is gone, but again, this is Aaron Rodgers. They still have a good running back room, and they did add a couple of young wide receivers like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Um, they also have Samori Tor- uh, Torre. So, like, when you see this defense play the way they played over the last couple of joint practices, like, how high is the ceiling for this unit? Um, I know you talked about them being defense first, and if they play up to your potential, all of a sudden we start tinkering with the win-loss total. 
But is it fair for Saints fans to go into this season expecting a top three unit? Is that too high? Is is that the fair expectation? Like, how high should we set this? And I know there's pressure that comes with it, but is it realistic? Well, here's what I would say. Um, definitely a top half defense, right, for starters. Definitely think it's top ten easily. Um, I think getting into that top five to three ceiling is is about right. And, you know, the thing is, here's what I would say, first of all continuity from last year that has nothing to do with this year's team right and so you can't just say well this defense from last year is going to pick up right where they left off that just doesn't happen because you got so many new faces a lot of things to worry uh, work on worry about and stuff and so I think the the big things are you know just saying that I don't know if they'll hit their groove until like the midseason that's probably where I would say I think they're going to be good but I don't think you'll see that elite level come in and play until it hits like midseason for this team. And I think when you look at it, you know, there's things like the Marcus May potential suspension, three games, August 24th is the next year, and that's in six days. Hopefully get a little bit more insight there. That changes things a little bit. Um, you know, P.J. Williams would start back there potentially. And so I think that's nothing wrong because P.J.'s shown that he's done really great in this defense and such. But, you know, look, I think there may be some early struggles. You still haven't had the full effect of Marcus Davenport yet. Still kind of got a few questions. No Pete Warner right now dealing with that groin injury. That's a little bit concerning. So I think early on, I think they could be good. But for them to be great in the lead, I don't think they'll hit that until the midseason part of uh, the year. And once they do, man, I, I feel like the sky's the limit for them. And really, you want to be playing your best football towards the end of the year because your hopes is in January. It's everything's wiped clean, so it doesn't matter if you you're nine and eight or thirteen and four, or fourteen and three. Doesn't matter. Uh, everybody starts zero and zero in the playoffs, and and that's what matters is is wins in January. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally okay with that. I think if we look over, you know, the Saints history, recent history, track record, the defense kind of starts playing their best November, December. And, and I kind of think of that Bucks shutout last year, right? That second half of the season when they're playing uh, in peak form. So that's a great point there, John. Now, before I get into a wide receiver who you mentioned and talked about in Chris Olave and what he was able to do this week, um, someone's asking in the comment section, we're bringing it below for people who are listening on the live stream. If you have any questions and you want to submit them, bring them in. Uh, John and I will get to them. Uh, they want to know how Michael Thomas looked against the Packers defense. Obviously, this was his first opportunity to go against, uh, you know, a player that wasn't suiting up for the Saints because he didn't play in the preseason opener. Uh, what do you think of Michael Thomas and what he was able to do against the Packers? I, I Again, I don't need to see anything else from Michael Thomas. I've seen everything I need to see from him. Um, you know, he looks outstanding. And the best part is we talked to him yesterday, and he just feels like he's not even there yet, right? But we see him on the field, and he looks – reminiscent of the dominant player in 2019. I mean, the guy was doing well against the Packers. I mean, they didn't have one-on-ones or anything like that. And, you know, sometimes catered to the offense a lot of times. But for him, you know, he's getting open, looking like Michael Thomas. I mean, you're talking about working against Jair Alexander, one of the league's best, and just a lot of those different corners that they have. And, you know, look, I, Michael Thomas is a guy that's really going to change the complexity of this offense. And he's just been missing for the past two seasons, right? And so I, I think this – the guy is, is in, in he's in for a killer season. I don't think you'll see 2019 type numbers from him, but man, you know, him saying that he's says he's not totally there yet is really scary considering how good he's been, how great he's looked uh, for the saints so far in training camp and, you know, against this week uh, against the Packers defense. Yeah. And, you know, just hearing that he's trending upward, just music to my ears. And you talked about him not needing to be, uh, you know, not him not being 2019 level possible of Michael Thomas, which 
might be the case. And, and let's be real, 2019, Michael Thomas was just, you know, godly as, as people thought with the way he played. He doesn't need to be 2019 Michael Thomas. And a big part of that is who they brought in the wide receiver room, bringing in Jarvis Landry, bringing in Chris Olave. And Chris Olave uh, is a player that you've kind of had your eye on through joint practices and what he's been able to do and, and even playing well against, um, you know, a top-tier cornerback in Jair Alexander. So when you see Chris Olave play the way he's played, um, you know, this week, is that kind of something that you kind of solidified as, hey, I, I think this guy is going to be week one making a huge impact for the Saints, or is it just, in your opinion, just another step up the ladder and, and going that way? Is it a mixture of both? Just what did you see and how are you kind of assessing Chris Olave's growth? Yeah, I think what comes to mind for me is the first year Brandon Cooks was here. I think that's something that he can make a big impact on the offense. And look, you know, he was somebody that impressed in OTAs, rookie minicamp, you know, mandatory minicamp. Training camp started, really didn't have the great start, but then he started coming on court towards the middle part of camp. And then, you know, we just said, okay, that's that's what we wanted to see. And then for him to do what he did against the Packers this week, the practices, you know, deep bombs to Andy Dalton. You saw everything from him on the route tree, right? And I think that's what you can appreciate. And I think the separation has been huge. That was a huge problem for the Saints wide receivers last year. That's not an issue for him. He's able to slip underneath against a lot of these different – coverages and looks and look he makes some contested catches you know two of them were sideline shots and it was just one of those things where you just see how he's able to move on the field how he's able to use his hands to get open or, and, or just to, to make those types of contested catches and just really the the footwork so I mean it's 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 good to appreciate all three facets there and there's way more that he does there um, but look I think he's in for a, a really killer season I, I won't know if I'd say offensive rookie of the year but I think he has potential there but you know there's a lot of mouths to feed in this New Orleans offense and if they get the production they need from Michael Thomas if they get what they need from Jarvis Landry and then Kamara and Ingram and then you got Deontay Deontay Hardy that stretches the field and then Adam Troutman's looked really good in training camp he's done phenomenal I think he's had one of the best camps of any Saints player right now and so uh you get that kind of formula there then you know look Lave. I, I think he could flirt with a thousand yards. I think he could flirt with, you know, well over six touchdowns. We'd have to look at what the Vegas odds are. I'm pretty sure most everything when it comes to the Saints are pretty low right now. But man, he's looked good. He's refreshing to see and watch. And, you know, look for the, the draft pick that they use on him. I think you're going to see a, such a, a monumental return for Chris Olave this season. Yeah. And, and you know, with Chris Olave, you mentioned offensive rookie of the year and how that's going to be tough. It definitely is. But I, I always told people if they get to the point where you can get somewhat similar to what Devontae Smith was for the Eagles last year and somewhere in that ballpark, that's a heck of a pick. And, and that would mean that they're inching closer uh, to that playoff status. Now, a question that someone asked, and it's something that I've seen a lot of Saints fans ask actually over the past week. Uh, you know, what's going on with Pete Werner? Pete Werner's kind of had a nagging groin injury through training camp. And uh, I guess the concern for something like this is, there is no Quan Alexander anymore. And with Pete Werner, you know, some people have asked, is, did they give the, you know, the hand him the keys to the car too soon? I don't think so. I think Pete Werner is the type of guy that earned it with the way he played last year. And they invested, you know, a day two pick in him. This is, that was the right move. Um, but not having that insurance policy behind him, that makes it a little bit more scary. So what's kind of the latest on Pete Werner? I know this is something that people are going to be scared about probably for the rest of the season. Cause these are those type of injuries, those soft tissue ones that, that can linger. Yeah, look, I mean, it is definitely the groin he's dealing with. And the thing is, that what's kept him out of practice to start with training camp. And then he comes back. You know, it's it's a process with Matt Rhea, the way they're working. But obviously, it, it, it re-aggravated again. 
that's the hard thing. And, and hopefully the point, you know, the latest I've heard is that he's still obviously dealing with that. And, and again, they got to make the choice of do you try to do this thing where you get him back, then he plays and then it may re-aggravate or do you just kind of shut him down and then, you know, let him get what he needs to get done and then bring him back for the season. I think that's the big question mark. And so no recent updates there, but here's what I'd say too, is that, you know, Dennis Allen felt really good about Pete Warner, right? And he said it the other day in his press conference. He feels great about, obviously, Damari Davis. Who doesn't? And then he singled out Caden Ellis, which I thought was pretty interesting. And so outside of that, the competition is wide open. Uh, Eric Wilson is a guy who's looked really good. Um, I know Chase Hansen had the great game against the Texans, but he got banged up and he didn't practice yesterday. And so that was a little bit tough for him. He needs the reps. He needs the snaps. But I think Eric Wilson would probably be that guy in day one He's a veteran in this league. He's had triple-digit tackles. I think he's somebody who's obviously not Quan. He's not Pete Warner, but I think he brings a lot of good skill sets to this team. And, you know, look, he had that big pass breakup on 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 uh, that interception that um, Chase Hansen got against the Texans. And so, look, it's a lot to still figure out here. I, I definitely feel a little bit more concerned about Pete Warner there. Um, I know it's the, man, this is why you should assign Quan. And, and there was an, a chance to do that. And, he obviously chose the Jets and such. And, um, you know, you just hope that doesn't have a lingering issue. But I think that's the only question mark I have on this defense right now is who's that guy against DeMario? And that's the only concern I have on this defense. Yeah, and that, that's a really fair concern. I think for a Saints defense that's loaded, um, it might get to the point where people start talking about, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And I think if Pete Warner's healthy, I, I don't know who the weak link really would be on this Saints defense. Uh, whereas if he's not there, that at least causes an opening and, and maybe that – um, you know, could maybe cause issues for this unit, but we'll see. It's too early to kind of speculate there. Another question that people want to know, uh, I believe they're talking about uh, Landon Young here, if he's going to play tomorrow and what's kind of the offensive line situation, which kind of segues and I'll, I'll kind of jumble it in with a, you know, a topic that I, we were going to bring up anyway. Um, and we'll put it all together is with Hurst kind of, you know, dealing with an injury right now, although it's not supposed to be severe, but we'll see how that kind of progresses. This might be the preseason game where we got we get to see a lot of those of that young talent. Maybe Landon Young, maybe Trevor Penning, um, who you know looked good as a run blocker, but obviously there were some uh, snaps that just didn't go his way uh, in pass rushing situations against the Texans. So whether it's Landon Young, Trevor Penning, uh, Lewis Kidd, what are you kind of expecting from the young offensive lineman? Is this this kind of dress rehearsal where, hey, you might be competing or auditioning for a potential starting job down the road? What what is this kind of game going to lead for them to? Yeah, look, uh, Landon Young didn't practice yesterday and, and obviously he got a little banged up and left practice early Tuesday. So I'd be surprised if we see him a little bit. And, you know, yesterday was a nightmare. So you had Trevor Penning get hurt. Obviously, he came back and he ended up playing. So that was the good news. James Hurst left foot injury. He was playing right tackle because they didn't have Ryan Ramchek as it is. And Andres Pete wasn't playing and practice or participating in practice yesterday. So, I mean, it's pretty big nightmare. And then Sage Doxtater was playing left tackle. He gets hurt you know, forearm injury or arm injury. Now he's waived injured. And so they brought in Derek Kelly, um, claimed him off waivers from the Jets. Derek Schweiger's and a guy that was with them assigned as an undrafted free agent, rookie free agent. So he's uh, probably more of an interior guy. So look, it's going to be interesting. And you were, you didn't have four slamp in there either the other day. So it's like this offense line got really depleted really fast. And so, um, 
you know, look, Lewis Kidd is a guy, I mean, he was my dark horse to make the roster. I think this is a great opportunity for him uh, just from where he's at. And, you know, maybe it doesn't work out for him, but I, he's going to get a lot of snaps in this one. I'm not sure about Landon Young. Haven't heard too much on him. Again, he was out of practice, so that's a good sign. But, you know, guys that weren't practicing yesterday, Dwayne Washington, you got banged up. He's one that, you know, we'll see if he plays. And the same thing with Landon Young. But, you know, great opportunity for a guy like Lewis Kidd to come in here. He's played more, you know, of a right tackle spot. Um, but, man, you've gone from this is always been a concern. And I, I think with the Saints offensive line, it's not a it's a matter of, uh, of if it's a matter of when you're going to lose some of these key places, pieces to the offensive line. And so you got to have a solid depth plan. And I feel a little bit better about where they are because they have Calvin Throckmorton started 14 games last season at left guard. He's got work at left guard and right guard. So I think there we'll see a little bit more of him. Um, but, you know, look, I don't think we'll see a ton of starters this week um, against the Texans, but that is an area that they have to get figured out because look, I know a lot of people are knocking Ian book and, and he's had a tough go. Let's just face it and call it for what it is. But you know, that offensive line also hasn't been giving him a lot of opportunities too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there, but you know, great opportunity for Lewis kid. We'll see on Landon young and we'll know really quickly if he's going to play or not. Yeah. And for anyone, if you're sitting there and you're going did John really say Lewis kids is dark horse. We actually, I think, I don't know if it was May or June. We were talking about, it. I'm like, who's kind of a dark horse for you. And you were, you were on the Lewis kid uh, bandwagon from, from all the way then. So um, definitely a great opportunity for him. And you talked about needing depth. We saw it last year, right? We went into last year talking about how the offensive line would be the strength of the 2021 New Orleans Saints and every starting offensive lineman, except for Cesar Ruiz, missed a bunch of games. So um, it, it's definitely a position that you need to have depth and, and these guys are going to go down. It's such a violent sport when you're in the trenches. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, you mentioned Dwayne Washington. I kind of want to talk about the running backs uh, briefly. That's going to be such a big factor, I think, for this preseason game, the final preseason game. You know, running backs, they get such a good opportunity in preseason games to kind of showcase their skill set. And I thought last week, Washington came out and played well. Uh, Abram Smith, if he doesn't put the ball down on the ground, we're probably talking about him looking really explosive. Um, so that's going to be a concern for him and something he has to shore up for the next two games and, and you know, uh, next couple of weeks of practice. And, you know, Ozigbo was fine. Tony Jones Jr. was, uh, you know, playing well. As, and, and this is a guy who we saw shine last preseason as well. For you going into, let's say, Friday's game and just kind of moving forward, one, do you feel like there's an early lean for the number three running back on the depth chart? And two, who's kind of the guy that you'd say is maybe under the most pressure? Because I look at this and I'm like, if Abram Smith can replicate last week's performance and not put the ball on the ground, he might edge maybe a little bit closer. Uh, but I'm curious where, where it kind of stands for you, John. Yeah, I think coming into camp, I think a Zigbo was a guy that had the early lead. But, you know, Tony Jones Jr. was was having a tough start to camp. But, man, he came on in a big way and, you know, kind of reminded everybody what this is why he beat out Latavius Murray last year and Devontae Freeman. Um, I think he's probably got a slight edge on the competition right now. Dwayne Washington has looked really good. And many people forget he's been with his team for a while. He's been in the league since 2016. And so he knows what's expected, right? And so I think when you look at it, Tony Jones Jr.'s probably got the leg up here. I, I think the most pressure is on Abram Smith. You know, I thought he was a guy that could crack the roster, undrafted rookie. Um, you know, they didn't really have anybody last year that cracked it, but I don't know if we'll have anybody this year. It just not that Smith hasn't looked good, but, you know, just when it comes down to it, you see the special teams upside for Tony Jones Jr. and Dwayne Washington. Zigbo's a guy that, man, 
you know, may be the odd man out. And, and it obviously depends how they tackle the roster because, you know, are you going to keep Adam Prentice on the final roster when you put the 53 together? Or do you think you can release him and just bring him back on the practice squad like they did Alex Armour last year and then just call him up? Um, and then do you keep four running backs or is it three? You know, I think those are going to be the interesting roster cuts that you see. But if you had to ask me now, I think it's got to be Tony Jones Jr. who's going to make the roster. I think Dwayne Washington needs to play. I don't know if he's going to, but it's going to be important for him to get those snaps. And obviously injuries are never a good thing. But, you know, right now I think Tony Jones Jr. would be the guy that I would lean to. And then, you know, it's kind of up for grabs there. But I think Abram Smith has a lot of practice squad potential. I think Dwayne Washington and Zigbo can go back on the actual practice squad too, just depending on how they shape out that 16-man roster there on the practice squad. But, you know, um, I, that's what I would think is, is you know, it looks like Alvin Kamara may not have to worry about any discipline. So that becomes less of a worry. But then again, you know, Mark Ingram, uh, I know he feels great. I know he looks great. He looks really good out there. Had a big old burst uh, yesterday that would have resulted in a touchdown. But, um, you know, look, I think that they have a pretty solid plan here and maybe they still look at upgrading that area. Yeah, and, and I think – with Tony Jones Jr., I think it'd be a pretty cool story for a guy who was, I would say, dominant in the preseason last year, kind of show what he could do. Didn't get the chance in the regular season, didn't really you know, come to fruition, but we'll see there. And uh, you mentioned the the special teams upside. I think that's crucial. When you get to keep Kamara and you hope that Ingram has pop left, if you could get some usage out of your running back three in special teams, that's definitely an added plus. So we'll see what happens there. And as always, uh, uh, you know, someone that's going to be talked about, whether he's on the field, off the field, whatever it is, because he does play the most important position in the game. What's the deal with Jameis Winston? I know that we won't be seeing him tomorrow, um, but is he at least trending in the right direction? I know you you got to put out some video clips of him running at practice, him kind of doing uh, some things with his teammates. I, I thought personally just from the videos you shared, he looked like he was getting better, but what's kind of the latest on Jameis? Yeah, look, so I, I know they're being cautious because that's obviously a little bit of a concern seeing that foot, but you know, just give you a snapshot of yesterday. He was there. He was in padded practice and – you know, doing team walkthroughs. He was going through the drills there um, and he was sprinting. He was doing a lot of things, but he's not going to play in the preseason. I'd be surprised if we see him at, at any preseason game, right? Just because lots riding on Jameis this season, you know, they're, they're expecting a lot from him, but you know, it's encouraging to see him running and, and Dennis Allen yesterday said, you know, doesn't have an actual report on where he is at in his progress. But again, everything that we've seen just this whole you know, trending upward and guys that have been working through soft tissue injuries or whatever it might be like Marshawn Lattimore or any of these guys, there is a smart cautious period that the saints have been doing. Um, and I think that's a, a huge attribute to what Matt Reyes been bringing to the table. And so look, Jameis will be okay, but obviously you're not going to see him against Packers. Didn't take any snaps, uh, team drills. That was all Andy Dalton and Ian book. Uh, so look, I think by the time week one rolls around, he's going to be perfectly fine, but they need to to keep the bubble wrap on him a little bit, and make sure he doesn't get hurt or dinged up before the season gets here. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, Andy Dalton kind of running things right now. I talked about it earlier this week and I, and I tried so hard to carefully word it um, before people said, before people were like, Hey, wait, do you really feel that way? Um, but I, I kind of feel like with a position like quarterback, that's so important, depending on how this season plays out, we might look back at the Andy Dalton signing and be like, man, that might have been their most important signing, not acquisition, because Chris Olave can just blow the door open. Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, don't get me wrong, they're, they're big impact players. But you've seen Andy Dalton so far up close. I thought he looked pretty good in the Texans game, kind of kept the offense on schedule. In the event, let's say Jameis did miss time, 
seeing Andy Dalton, how comfortable would you feel with him? Let's say it's a two game stint that he has to kind of run this offense. I, I'd feel comfortable with it. I think he's a, a great veteran. It's, it's been around and you had him last year. I mean, there's so many things you had him last year on any of the games. Saints are in the playoffs, right? It's just kind of how it goes. And, uh, you know, look, I feel comfortable, more than comfortable with Andy Dalton here. And obviously, I want to see Jameis go a 17-game season. I want to see what he can do. Just a lot's riding on that. Um, you know, look, he's got that 2019 narrative he needs to shed. And that's why I want to see him go a full season because everybody talk, knocks him as a 30-for-30 30 30 guy. And But look, if they get in a pinch, I think Andy Dalton's real comfortable leading this offense. I think he's somebody that's, you know, obviously bounced around a couple different programs. But he's got a great support cast. I think he's got the best support cast he's had around any of his teams that he's been uh, as, as a backup role or even having to go in as a starter role. And so, look, part of that's getting Mike Thomas. Part of that's Jarvis Landry. Part of that's, you know, Olave and other guys, right? And so I know Dalton has the confidence to do things. And, you know, look, um, I, I would hate to see Jameis go down at any point in the season, but – Dalton's going to be ready. He's going to be one of those guys that I think you look at him and, and can throw really well. He still has legs. He's got the, he's got the arm. And so I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah. And, and again, I I'm, we're all on the same team here in the sense that we need, we need and want to see Jameis Winston for 17 games. We're all looking kind of for closure in the sense of what's the full picture of him uh, in P Carmichael's offense. And, and, you know, when you go five and two with him under center last year, you want a little bit more um, of those results and see what happens in a full, uh, you know, game schedule. The last thing I want to talk about before we kind of wrap things up, because for people who don't know, we're going to have another, um, you know, show tomorrow and talk about what's going on with this Saints Packers game. The tight end room, you know, is there a bona fide star like a George Kittle, or Travis Kelsey? Obviously not. But I think this is a position group that whether it's Troutman improving, Taysom kind of getting added to the group. Uh, Lucas Kroll, when healthy and on the field, making some splash plays from here and there. Jawan Johnson taking that next step. Um, you know, I, it's one of those rooms where it doesn't maybe kind of stand out when you're looking at the, you know, at the box score. But I think it actually has improved. And as we go into the second preseason game, what's kind of been your takeaways on the tight end room and, and who's maybe impressed you uh, so far the most out of the bunch? Yeah, look, and let me start off by saying, because I know we've got one of these questions on Twitter about Lucas Kroll. Um, you know, he had a really good day of practice, you know, uh, the other day. And so I, that was good to see. He took a, a got a, a deep pass over the middle, got hit immediately and tailed onto the ball. He needed that. And he later had another one from book that looked really good. And so I, I don't think he's done enough to make this roster. I, I know practice squad priority would be where I would say, say that, but um, right now, the pecking order would be Adam Troutman, who's looked great um, in this camp. And, you know, last year he was just kind of around. I, there was nothing that was flashy about it. So that was probably our telltale warning sign. So I think this year we could see the breakout that we thought he was going to have in his second year. And then obviously Taysom Hill is going to be there with tight ends. He's going to do multiple roles. And then I think it's Jawan Johnson is the other guy. And so he's bulked up. I think he's a guy that's really sneaky. We saw his value in the red zone last year early on, and he's kind of fizzled out because of play calling scheme. And, um, you know, which kind of leaves Nick Vanetta as the odd man out. And I don't think that should really surprise anyone. He's, he's He battled a lot of injuries last year and, and just hasn't been able to really find a, a solid groove. And so, you know, those things happen. But right now I'd say they keep the three tight ends. I think there's reason to be optimistic about it. You know, this is a very young group, very young and inexperienced group, but, you know, they're rallying around each other, and I think there's a chance for 
it to be good. Um, you know, I don't know if, again, like you said, it's not George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. I think if you put no disrespect, but if you put all those Titans together, you still don't have a Mark Andrews Kittle or a Kelsey. Right. And, you know, you, they don't need to be those guys. They don't have to be Jimmy Graham. They just need to be maybe Ben Watson good. Right. And that's, that's the success that you need from the tight end group right now. And, you know, look, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they do the target share, how they're going to do reps, but, I think there's a good reason to be optimistic here, but it's one of those that you want to see it all together and see how it works. And so week one's going to be a good opportunity to see a lot of that. And, um, you know, I feel like we can get some of those answers pretty quickly. Yeah. And I'm so glad you talked about how they don't even need to be that because I, I think of a bills team last year, you're spreading the ball around Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. What happens? Dawson Knox ends up turning into a star and, and one of them might not even turn into a Dawson Knox, but if the group together collectively can put together that production and, and they probably won't be high up on a defensive coordinator's checklist when you're trying to stop so many assets uh, that the saints have an offense, it could be an opportunity for them to shine. Now, real quick, uh, John, this is a quick question. Someone has about Marcus Davenport before we wrap it up. How's he kind of looked? I know Davenport's a hot topic in the saints world. What have you kind of seen from him? Yeah, look, so he's, he's been thrown on pads the past couple of days and then he goes kind of like street clothes. So kind of there for walkthroughs and stuff. It doesn't seem like he's completely ready yet, So, but he's on the right path, right? And so you got to remember he had off-season shoulder surgery and then obviously the pinky issue, that was a big one too. But look, I, I know he's going to be ready. Uh, and the good thing is they got a, a very deep pass rushing class. But look, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't account necessarily, it doesn't replace just having Marcus Davenport on the field. Just He's a guy that's just a menace. He's a huge reason why Cam Jordan gets a lot of help uh, or gets a lot of sacks and such, or and, and same thing with the interior defensive line. And so they need him to be 100%, but we really haven't seen him in the team drills necessarily, you know, the individual side stuff. But I think it's coming. Uh, we still got some time to wait here. I mean, you know, season's, what, about 24 days away, 25 days away, something like that. So I think he'll be good by week one. Uh, but all signs are – pointing to the encouragement side, not to be okay if this guy wasn't around, but he's been around every day at the facility. He, we see him every day after practice or during practice. And so that's the, the most encouraging things that he's not somebody that's just not there and missing. And, and Davenport, um, you know, it always used to be a thing back then where people were like, is he going to be healthy? And then if he's healthy, does he produce? It's, it's a matter of if he's on the field, he's going to do his thing. We saw last year just how good uh, he could be for this Saints defensive line. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. It was a pleasure having John on, as always, to kind of, you know, recap and preview uh, what's to come. For Saints fans who don't know yet, we are going to do a preview show. Time to be determined. We will announce that. Um, before the Saints play the Packers in their second preseason game. And obviously, you can follow John for um, you know live updates of the game and maybe even futuristic updates for people who don't know. John is the fastest typer in the game. So he will definitely give you the play-by-play -play, uh, as it happens. So thank you so much, John, for hopping on. And for everyone listening, thank you for the comments. We'll be back on Friday for more coverage here on Boot Crew Media. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast.